Welcome to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we're grateful to our sponsors, Harborough, for their continued support with uh, this podcast. And uh, this week, we continue with our characters in livestock series. This week on Top Lines and Tales, I've got uh, a cattle breeder, top judge, top stockman, and uh, and a top team as well. Uh, I've got Neil and Sally Lloyd from Herefordshire. I'm not sure Sal's on the call just now, but Neil, welcome to the call. Thank you, Andy. And Neil, Thank you. if I can term you originally, I suppose, when we knew each other, you'd be a freelance stockman pretty much all your days. So I get, I don't yeah. know. Have you ever had a proper job? Um, yeah, well, I've always uh, worked alongside doing uh, freelance stock work, but um, I've worked on local farms, um, various shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. But uh, my heart has always belonged to the, in particular, the cattle. But uh, showing's been a big passion in amongst that. So. Yeah, we've worked hard with it, really. You have and, worked um, hard, and you've always been involved as long as I can remember you. As I said, we go back a long way, back to the, the old Smithfield days, and we'll go into that maybe in a minute. But uh, you'll have been involved in bringing cattle out from a young age, and of course, your old man. I mean, you probably didn't bring cattle out with your old man, but your old man before you was a great cattle man, a great, uh, great stockman, and, and still on the go, I believe. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's still around, but um, going back to his days, you know, he was... Uh, probably way ahead of his time really um very clever person with uh, anything that he turned his hand to with livestock to be honest mm-hmm. um his true passion probably would have been horses yeah, first yeah. love um but yeah latterly he was a big exhibitor of fat stock cattle cattle um and he did it for lots of different people and i think probably Going back then, he'd be one of the pioneers of the freelance world, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, I started out with him, and he, well, injected the bug into me, I guess, for showing cattle. But he was a very, very tough taskmaster to work with. Um, it, everything had to be perfect in every way. <laughs> yeah, you said that we're feeling, uh, um, Lloyd, <laughs> yeah. and myself as well. There, I, I did. I brought cattle out for for Doug as well, and and we did well over the years. But yeah. I, I remember him bringing out cattle for for Jeff Smith again, a very another keen man. So we're going back into the into the seventies, I suppose. Uh, and that uh, yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's all in the it's all in the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my father's father, he was. Uh, my grandfather was a very big, keen exhibitor of things, but more so he um, was involved in, like, local ploughing matches and things. Um, my grandfather won, like, the best-kept farm under 200 acres in Herefordshire for 25 years in a row. Wow, OK. You know, so it's it's been there. That's where the particular comes from, isn't it, as you said? Yeah. It, and, and you have to be, and you, you and I know in the show world that you have to be very particular in, in every minor detail, and I think that's, that's a great discipline. It starts, starts long before you get your, your clippers and your combs into a beast, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Well, the first thing uh, when I set out um, to show, my, my, my dad wouldn't let me put a halter on a beast or lead a beast or even have a bucket calf mm. until I could show a pig. All right. And th- and that's the first thing I showed. I showed pigs uh, 40 years ago at uh, the Royal Welsh. That's the first show I went to. Right. And um, we went up to a chap called Peter Breyer up in North Yorkshire, who, a guy that breeds landrace. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went into a shed with 2,000 landrace gilts. And my dad said, pick the best two. Right. Well, if you... <laughs> 
<laughs> if you go into a shed of them, they're all the same. <laughs> but they've they've all got they've all got a stamp. And um, anyway, we ended up bringing two back, and uh, I I went to Royal Welsh and worked hard and did my best. But anyway, I ended up. Um, going there and as always it's shows like that the new kid on the block is always looked at a bit hard and um there was a guy there who became a great friend and sadly he's passed away he's a guy called phil fowley from anglesey a welsh pig breeder and um i turned up with these two land race gilts and he was a bit looking at me a big bit harsh because at that particular time it was always the culmination of the pig of the year competition right And, and uh I went in with these land race gilts, and the one did very well. She won the pig interbreed, which knocked him out of winning the the uh, <laughs> okay. pig of the year. But uh, after that, we became very good friends, and uh, sadly, he passed away a few years ago. But um, yes, that's where it started. And if you can control a pig, you can control most things. That's exactly what I was going to say. Very difficult things to show pigs, aren't they? Because obviously, we're not walking around on a, on a halter. You've got to preempt where they're going to go before they go there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, you've got to, um, they, they, yeah, you, I know we all perhaps sometimes laugh and joke about people who exhibit them, but they are one of the toughest things you'll ever show. Mm-hmm. Um, to keep them apart and stop fighting and all the rest of it. So, yeah. So once I cut my teeth on that, um, and it, he felt that I was ready to, dare I say, pick up a bucket to feed a beast, um, that's where it started and went from there, really. Okay, and did you stay working at home or did you go away to college? Well, how did it work? Uh, no, 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 never never did the college thing. Finished school and uh, went straight into working on farms, but still doing the animals and uh, show cattle and what have you at nights and weekends and every minute mm-hmm. that you got spare doing that, really. Um, but all in a quest to... Um, be as good as you can be. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly, um, certainly you've been that, Neil. And I remember you bringing out cattle for Derek Winnie, and Derek was a big pal of my father's. That's probably the first time I remember you sort of turning up at the major shows with yeah. animals out with your father, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we've had uh, we've had some very good people that we've shown animals for. And, of course, um, Sally and myself have bred cattle in our own right and done quite well. But... More importantly, the likes of Derek Winnie, for those that would know him, he was a tremendous old boy. He he, he, he was passionate about it. Um, he might say a lovable rogue, but <laughs> but he but he he wanted to win, and he put his faith in us when I was a lot younger to bring his animals out, and we did everything we could in our power to do that, and we had a a spell there of three or four years where virtually I'm not saying completely unstoppable but we won most things that were in front of us. He certainly did and Derek had been winning for a while but he obviously put his faith in you and another horseman if I remember right Derek had a passion for, yeah, passion yeah, for yeah, a few racehorses. Yeah. Yes he, he used to love his horses and um, and, and his, main, his main business at the time was he used to buy an awful lot of cull sows and yeah. um, that's what he used to do he used to milk cows and feed him the spare milk and what have you, and that's what Derek was into. But his passion was the cattle, really. He loved his show cattle. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Sal just now, and, I mean, I remember Sal around about the time that went before you met her, and Sal into the cattle in her own right. New- Newark, I'm right, I think, Nottinghamshire, somewhere yeah, yeah, that that's direction right. Sal's from. Yeah, yeah, she's from Newark, Nottinghamshire. Um, 
and we crossed paths at Newark Show. Uh-huh. Um, and to be fair, how it all began, she'd won Newark Show, uh-huh. and uh, I'd got a very good animal there myself, and had been second to her, as it were. And uh, as you do, you get a bit mumpy about being second because uh, the motto is first is everything and yeah. second is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's we had a bit of a row and a bit of an argument start, and then we sort of kissed and made up, and we're still here today. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And her family, as you said, um, would be showing cattle, who I remember her mother and father very well, yeah. and be showing, showing her own right. cattle and always brought out some, some good beefy-type uh, fat stock cattle, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so our partnership was forged then and uh, we set out on our way. Um, But uh, I guess probably we're slightly different to some in the fact that when we did decide to properly join forces and get married, we went and did it in somewhere that we thought was fitting for us and we got married in Smithfield. The infamous wedding and I remember you giving yeah. me remember you giving me a call back in the summer and saying, Andy, I'm gonna try and could, could I give me, could I give you a hand to set this up and, and putting yeah. it putting me putting it to the council and saying, Right, we've got a fairly bizarre request here. Somebody wants to get married in the main ring at the, one of the biggest fat stock shows in the world and uh, it it, uh, it took a little bit of organising but not so much on my side but more on on your side. But uh, what year was that, Neil? Can you well, can you remember, um, you remember well it's twenty years ago as of this week just gone. Okay. So 2002. Well, great. congratulations on your anniversary, and it was it was a hey, the, the penultimate Smithfield show as it happened, but uh, it, in the main ring just after the judging on the first day, and, and the carol service I think was on. Was it, the, was yeah. it maybe it was a Sunday? Was it was it a Sunday? Yes, yes, it was a Sunday. It was on the carol service night. Yeah, the carol service, and then you guys came in, and, and I remember Sal coming in with her her wedding dress on to a crowd of photographers from just about every newspaper within London and everywhere else in in the country. I think all snapping well, away. Well, I think it'll. It'll probably be the only time we ever make Hello magazine. <laughs> uh, we managed to get in there. Excellent. But, um, and I did say, somebody said to me about it recently, and I said, well, it was really good, really, to be honest. I said, we didn't have to send out any invitations. <laughs> we didn't have to buy any drink. And we had everyone there that we wanted. That's so perfect. it was good. <laughs> it was but, a um, great party as well. It wasn't a great show. Yeah. Of course, we go back to the Smithfield. I know we harp on about Smithfield show a lot of times on this podcast, but a monumental event, wasn't it? And just uh, everything went and you said everybody was there it was it was it was the one that we all hankered for whether you're a pedigree breeder um somebody that grew crops or whatever it was the one you wanted to be going to and be at um unfortunately we talk about it nowadays and reminisce which is lovely but the younger generation well they don't understand what you're talking about really because there's no there's not been an event like it a, a lot um, of them do understand and a lot of them i remember james alexander saying will you stop talking about fucking smithfield he said it's, it's, it's one place he didn't get to either and a lot of these youngsters uh, wish we would stop talking about it because they are very really envious that we were there and they were good times yeah mm. but uh it was you know the the just the sheer drive down there with your animals in the lorry or the trailer or whatever and uh waiting in the Seagrave car park to get called over and then hoping you could get through the, the vet inspection that you might not have a lice or a this or a that. Oh. And, um, yeah, walking up through the machinery lines with your animals and getting them into the stallage was, um, 
no feeling like it. And the awe of awe of seeing the other cattle and the great stockmen that sort of went before you all sort of oh, being there and, uh, and knowing damn well they're the ones to beat. And just, not, not smug, they, they'd help you, the, the older boys would help you when they could. But uh, there was it, was a, it was a great event to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you didn't have to go and ask anybody anything. You just stand and watch mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And I think that's probably how I've done what I've done and we've done what we've done. You you don't necessarily ask, you, you observe. Yep. And I always said this, it's not necessarily to learn the right way. You can watch somebody and learn, oh, well, that ain't right. I know not to do that, you know? <laughs> it's, it, that's, how you, that's how you go on and progress, isn't it? And the young ones, because they look up to you and learn now. Um, Neil, as the thing goes full circle, and I say but young ones, you had a baby Ted. Well, Ted would be, what age? Would, 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 would age he, when, he, well, he was baby Ted, but he's 17 now. He really? and, um, okay. wow. he's, he's coming through quietly, and um, he's very keen on his farming in general um but he's been with the welsh winter fair with us this weekend and he's been showing some cattle for somebody and i'm quite proud of him how he's achieved and done his thing um but yeah they're the future and uh going back a little way you know i've given my bit back to future we i started a show back six or seven years ago at um three county showground um the young stars show which was all about encouraging young people into what we do mm-hmm. and and and, pursue, and pursuing excellence really yeah yeah no and you do a lot of that i know we may be going to that in a second let's just run through your show career a little bit and and you uh you set yourselves up as the black and blue show team which is a fantastic name <laughs> i always thought for the bruises that we've taken over the years but obviously that yeah. was reference to you to the to the yeah. blue cat you were bringing out plus the sort yeah. of black lemons black crossbreds yeah. you were bringing out and and your one of your main clients would be the right way to call it of course would be elvet williams and and elvet another yeah. Fantastic man, and just a great eye for a beast. And uh, he, he was never far from the top in, in a long period. No, no. Well, he was a, a staunch Smithfield competitor, mm-hmm. um, and then, um, well, he was. He, he used to have a, you and a friend of yours and um, Mark Lewis help and um, do a bit down there. Mm-hmm. But then he sort of uh, didn't go for a couple of years to Smithfield, and he was sort of in no man's land. And uh, he said, "Oh." would you do some for me? So that's where we picked up the mantle and that would be, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago now. And, um, we've shown something for him every year. Um, he's one of the few men to exhibit at the Welsh winter fair to be reserved Supreme champion six times, but never won it. No, really? Wow. That's, yeah. that, that's the Jimmy White honor, isn't it? With in, yeah. in the snooker. I didn't know that. Well, uh, and, he, and he's still, is he still, still on the go? Yeah, yeah, we just we just had an animal there for him now this weekend, which uh, won a class and uh, got through to the Heifer Championship, but uh, we didn't quite go the step further we'd like. But that is some record to be the bridesmaid six times. Incredible. And we'll probably go on to the Welsh Winter Fair because that's the last show of the season in a minute. But I mean, mm. I do remember the very first Welsh Winter Fair bringing a, a, a steer out for your father, a, a Charolais cross steer. Yeah. One of the best steers I think I've ever shown there. And he won that in 1989, the very first show. So, it, it, Yeah, well, on. that was a steer called Lucky Lad mm-hmm. um, for, for a gentleman called Roy Dennison. And um, that steer in particular had won the show in the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the summer on then... Uh, well, in the background, father, father and myself, we got him organised, and um, he took him to the show, and he won the first event. Uh, he, he made seven thousand, which right. at the time seemed like 
an unrealistic amount of money, but uh, that's what he made. Yeah, yeah, he did. But uh, in, fair, in fairness to the steer, he was a, an animal that could have won the show yesterday because he was that far forward, you know? Absolutely right. I saw him in, in the summer. I think he'd just been to Stafford show and I went across there and I said, this, this one's got to keep going. And uh, yeah, to be fair to your father, the way he brought the hair on him as well, or silver Charolais steer, but a silver Charolais steer with a lot of sheep about him as well. And yeah, easy winner that day. And, and as you said, could st- one of the beasts could still, the only beast I've seen that's similar really would be the, the one that uh, Craig Malone won the livestock with last year, very similar type of beast. Yeah. Um, there's certain animals out there that um, win these events and they're timeless, you know, and they, You've got the likes of the bandit that won Smithfield. Mm-hmm. That was another steer that could easily hold his own today. Yep. Um, and, and they are. And, and, and they're one-offs, and they don't come round very often, no. do they, you know? No, they don't. It's a, when you see the shows, and we'll go on to your judging in a minute, and I've been at you know, the recent show that you've been judging at, and you see the shows and you get all your animals together, and there's, there's 10 good animals, and any one of them could win it, but it's very hard to find that one that's just an easy winner, isn't it? Let, let's, yeah. just, let's just go on to, I mean, you as well as showing cattle for other people, you set yourself up with your own cattle there in Belgian Blues, and you'd have started the, the, the herd of Belgian Blues, what, back in, 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 the, in the early late yeah, 90s, well, I suppose? Well, my, my, uh, going to, to put that his, in, into place, my um, uncle... Michael Sperry was one of the first guys to have British blues or Belgian blues, as they were called at the time. He he would have had them in uh, like the very early 80s, 1981, 82. And this is Adrian Sperry's father, yeah? Y- yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then, um, of course, that got me interested in that sort of animal. And I thought, well, I'll have some of those of my own one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Sally and I were together and got together and settled a bit, we decided to get on and breed some of our own mm-hmm. and um we ended up breeding a very good female line but uh to the point that we managed to win the royal welsh uh in 2004 mm-hmm. with a very good cow and calf but once we'd done that that set us on our way a little bit and we had a good few years then of success with both showing and selling yep. um yep. um made some good money and the name I'd mentioned, the black and blue diesel, who sort of, I'd say, put you on the map, but he's certainly a famous bull that spread a lot of cattle. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, diesel was a bull out of a cow called Dotcom that um, we'd shown and won the Royal Welsh with, but he was a junior bull um, up in Carlisle, and James Alexander bought him for 9000 off us, which at the time was a, a tremendous trade on a junior bull. But, um, yeah, we... we uh, did well with him and James has been very successful in breeding good females from him as well. And a great a man with a great eye, I mentioned him again just now, but uh, Jellex, of course, has got a fantastic eye and is still very much involved in it now, but yes, certainly that, that blue diesel would be one of the ones that put a back end in a lot of those those cows that he had that bred some great crossbred cows. Yeah, yeah, well, it was the he was buying that bull in the days before he started his sales and things and um, it was the fa- one of the building blocks of the foundations really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you still got the blues about you? Yeah, we've still got some, but not as many as we had because in amongst all of that, we had a few limbs and bits and bobs, but uh, as time went on, Sally got an outside job working for the Welsh Black Cattle Society mm-hmm. as a promotions officer, and uh, she decided to have some of those. So we've got a few Welsh Blacks around us now. Um, we've got a herd of, they, we call it the RD um, herd, which is uh, black gold in Welsh, okay. and um, we've got a few about. We we've exhibited one at the Welsh Winter Fair this weekend, 
um, she's ended up uh, winning the Welsh Black Championship, so that's quite nice. Um, and we've had some success with those. We've got one in the Seaman Station, and um, yeah, it's all going well, really. Mm-hmm. And is Sal still busy about this? Is she about to have a word, or is she busy doing something else? Uh, yes, she'll come and have a word. She's on her way now. Hello, Andy. How are you? Hi, sir. I'm good. Thanks. Great to speak to you. I did. Um, I'm sorry we can't get you both on one speakerphone. We got a few technical hitches there. But uh, again, I'll com- yeah. I'll commend you as being one of the best dressed people at the the live scot the other day when you when you were judging the calves there the, and made a great job. Oh, Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And we were just talking about the the Welsh Blacks, Sal, and you got involved with the Welsh Black Society as a the promotions officer, a field officer, something like that, and uh, enjoyed your time yeah. there. I think. I did. Um bit new for me going into the Welsh black world, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it and still enjoy it today. Um, still quite involved with a lot of the Welsh black herds mm-hmm. and people in the breed. So, And I love the cattle. They're a tremendous breed, aren't they? And a breed that's been on the up in the last 10 years or so. Almost went to extinction at one time, but uh, we've done a podcast on them more recently and they're a breed that's doing particularly well now. And they, and they lend themselves to the fat stock world as well, those big fluffy ears, don't they? Yeah, they do. They've got beautiful coats on them, and they're just, they're a spectacle, aren't they? You know, as as much as I like the, the showing, I like the turnout, and I like the presentation of them, I like the character of them, um, and I think it's very important that we keep those breeds going, to be honest. And and far removed from the Belgian Blues that you have, it, well, although obviously you breed very good, correct, Belgian Blues, but uh, I would imagine the Belgian Blue Cross or the Welsh Black would be a fairly interesting cross, is it? They are. Um, we've I've currently got a native for next year um, that's sired by a black um, from a blue, and they come they come black, but they almost got a white belly as well. Okay. So there's sometimes a bit more blue grey in the coat, mm-hmm. um, but they are they've got a bit of bone. They've got they're easy fleshing. They're not as harsh as the blues because mm-hmm. the blues can be a little bit lumpy, bumpy, can't they? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, they're a hard finisher where the with the black is so good with the finish and the touch mm-hmm. that they make it makes an ideal carcass. Yeah, yeah absolutely does. And and as I said, and and breeding those cows now that are of the, of the of the show potential as well, there's a little bit of money in that job now as well if you can breed the right ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's an easy way into the top if you can have a native because you automatically get in, don't you, to the second day. Yeah, and. You know, we, we're we not showing big time now. There's an awful lot of money gone into the showing, isn't there? Mm-hmm. But for me, it's not all about that. It's just going out and doing well and looking well and showing something that I like to show. Mm-hmm. Well, you certainly... Um, and, and, and judging as well, as I mentioned just now, you judged, uh, you'll judge a fair bit, I know, but uh, you and Neil, probably one of the rare uh, um, couples that did the, the judge the double at this year's Live Stock Show, which, of course, is Scotland's premier show of, with Neil judging the crossbred classes yeah. and you judging the babies. And, uh, yeah, you both did a fantastic job of that. Do you enjoy that job? Yes, I did. And we ha- I personally have done a lot of the market judging and a lot of show potential sales in the early years but just as recently this is all the bigger shows is more new to me Mm. um but i'm not biased to any breed i love a native and if i thought a native was better i i would have no hesitation on putting it up fair enough fair enough and some of those calves that you're judging of course has either come with a lot of money or they're about to be sold for a lot of money and 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 some of these suckle calves that animals can make telephone numbers can't they yeah it's um 
yeah, it's a it's a big thing now, isn't it? Money is there's so much money about for these cars, but they've got to be almost perfect, haven't it? Yeah. A challenge is a bit is going is it's all said it's being in the right place at the right time, isn't it? Mm. If you're just lucky enough to pick one up at reasonable money, mm-hmm. you can have a lot more fun with it, and that and to breed them yourself. The blacks we mm. we breed ourselves. Joe's also involved with the breed. We actually half shared the heifer that won yesterday, mm-hmm. and my love is is bringing the boys into it as well. Sure. You know, Joe just bought a blue heifer to start off the breed himself. Joe, this, is your, Joe, this is your son, yes? Yes, so Joe. What age is Joe now? Um, Joe is 29 in December. Okay. <laughs> Showing your age, Sal. <laughs> I know. I'm old. <laughs> you know, you never be as old as me, don't worry about it. But uh, no, that's brilliant <laughs> to I, see the youngsters come in. I, yeah, I like sharing with them what I've learnt and passing it on, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the feeding, the... the the looking after them, the showing, that's as much pleasure to me as it is doing it myself yeah, now. Yeah, certainly. And uh, you you sit on a few councils and various other things. Do you get involved in that or does Neil do that? Um, yes, I was chairman. I've just stepped down from my three years of chairperson of the Blue Texels. Okay. Um, I've been on council for the Welsh Blacks. Um, and I'm involved with the Blues. I'm not on their council, but it's just I like to be just get advice really and help help them as much as anything to keep everything moving forward complain. especially the Welsh Black it's easy to complain isn't it about the council and the only way you, you, you could pass that is to stick yourself up there for, for nomination doesn't it it is mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and a lot of these older breed societies the generation is is older mm-hmm. and it's quite hard for young ones to to get on isn't it yeah. but you've just got to keep at it yeah, I went on the council of the Birmingham Fatstock Show when I was 19, and I remember being the youngest one by about 100 years, and all these guys yeah. guys sitting about in their bowler hats and thinking, how do we get through here? But, uh, yeah, they, they need that younger blood in there all the time, don't they? And uh, But they do come. <laughs> they they do change, and it's like, you know, the Welsh Blacks, they have to keep moving forward or they'll get left behind. Um, and it's a big thing for us to have, you know, I won, we won the Royal Welsh in 2016, with the Welsh backs, and that's an, an English person mm. has never won that. Really, the first time, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, uh, and there's always a good show. Although the show Welsh Blacks this year wasn't that great, but there's normally a great show of Welsh Blacks at the Welsh. It's their main, it's their main event, and to win that is a hell of a credit to. You. It's been a bit of an um, an ambition for me to win the Welsh Blacks at the Winter Fair ever since I've been with the Blacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and. Yeah, did it this time, so that's good. Excellent. Well done. Well, congratulations on that. And you mentioned the uh, the blue texels, and is that you or or, or uh, is that Neil or is that is that Ted or who's who's the one that brought the blue texels? Um, it's in? a bit of a it's a bit of a family thing. Um, Joe and Ted um, keen on the blue texels. More probably Joe at the moment. He's very keen on a bit of the flushing and a bit of the more modern run of the blue texels, I suppose. But um, we like the showing. We like again. We like the breeding. We like the different types because you you, you never know what you're going to get with a blue texel a bit. Mm. And it's just breeding that that lamb. We had a lamb to three one in NSA in August, which is going over to Ireland. Good. So it's just. But we've been in those a long time. It's, we've been in those since 2007. I was going to say started Sto- off with Stony Croft, isn't it? You have you have one of the first yeah. first ones in there, I suppose, for since David Alexander. You'd be in the early days, yeah. Yeah, 2007. Mm. 
Um, and it's only recently, really, that we've started selling females and doing a bit of showing. And yeah, they've and we're now up to a hundred ewes. Okay. You know, all pedigree. Right. Okay, well, that uh, that keeps you busy enough. And, and yeah, the blue texels, obviously the bell tex, the, 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 the texels, the spotted texels, there's a lot, of, a lot of demand for a lot of these things. But also, you know, the top side of it is, is, is there's a bit of trade for them, isn't it? You still get people calling for, looking for tops? Yes, I have no problem with tops, but our flock is run very much more of a commercial flock than it, than it ever is a show flock. We all, we just pick a handful of ram lambs out. We probably have 50... 50 ram lambs born a year but we'll only keep a handful back to show and then sell we 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 fatten most of the top lambs okay. in a, it enables us to push the ewe lambs forward mm-hmm. um and that the ewe lamb really is our market mm-hmm. and there's a trade for those just coming up just now have you got some in lamb sales to, or some in lambs to sell yeah, this autumn we had a sale on saturday joe and um his partner chloe took them to melton mowbray on saturday we took four ewe lambs there, and we've, we're in Worcester this Saturday with another four. Okay, okay so we've got so. plenty to go at. Plenty to go at. And yeah. just before I go back on, I'll put Neil back on there, because we're on separate microphones, but uh, Sal, you work yeah. for, I think you work for Norbrook now, would that be right? So uh, tell us a bit more about Norbrook. I work for Phil Halhead yeah. with Norbrook Genetics, mm-hmm. and I also work with CMEX. Okay. Uh, more the beef on dairy with CMEX, mm-hmm. but with Phil it's the pedigree blues mm-hmm. and um, the limbs mainly. And that's semen sales? Yeah. Okay. And, and and the beef from dairy you mentioned there, that's something we've talked about on this podcast quite a lot recently. Uh, um, yeah. It's on the up. It is. Um, probably 80% of the dairy herds are sex, Holstein and beef. They're putting their best cows in to the sexed dairy mm-hmm. uh, bull, and then they're putting everything else into beef. 80% again would be blue. Okay. Yeah. Um, and but we've got the schemes. There's a lot of Angus. Phil likes the Angus, mm-hmm. and that's always been popular, hasn't it, with the the Holsteins? Um, and Butelar, of course, of currently pushing the Longhorn on the dairy. Yep. Yep. Um, but it, yeah, it's going well. But I would say Blue's still top of the list with the Holstein. Dairyman. Interesting times, and Phil, a good man again. I've known for a long, long time. Must get him on this program one of the times. Sal, great to speak to you. I see you've got other things going yeah. on there. So if you can stick the old man back on there, we'll uh, we'll have okay, a chat I'll... with him and wrap this. It's great to speak to you. And you take care. Cheers. Yeah, Neil. Hello. Neil, that's. Uh, I just had the boss on there. We've got. We'll get back to you there just to, to, to clear this one through. And and um, you're on a lot of judging panels, Neil. I, I mentioned that you judged the, um, the <coughs> live scope, but you also judged the, the Agri Southwest this Ex- year as well. Agri Expert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you must be in demand for that. And, and in the summer, I always your name's always cropping up judging something. And I saw you judging Soleurs some of the other day. So you, you're kind of across the yeah. board here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I seem to get um, into a lot of different things. But, uh, you know, I've, I've shown all breeds of cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, Angus, Charolais, Four, Oak Church. Um, yeah. And then limousine-wise, I've done an awful lot of work with Bailey limousines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, worked with Brian Jones Billier for 15, 16 years, yeah. I suppose. Okay. Um, so, yeah, had a lot of diverse breeds to deal with, so I guess that's why I get asked at times to judge these events. Mm-hmm. Do you do a bit of interbreeds as well? Yeah, I've done one or two. I've, mm-hmm. I've done... Uh, um, <clears throat> interbreed uh, groups and pairs and whatever in uh, the Balmoral show. Okay. Um, and I've been I've been all over a bit this time. I've 
judged in Tariff this year, mm-hmm. um, and then I've judged, like you say, down at Agrifest in um, Southwest, and then I was had the honour of judging the Scottish Winter Fair. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the few English people, when I say to dare I say to, <laughs> yeah. to do that job, it's not. It, I mean, that's a, an absolute great honour to have that recognition. Yeah, it, and it, I watched you judge Neil, and I've seen you judge before, and you are a good judge of stock. So there's no, there's no surprise that you get into these. But that might be been a surprise when that one came to the letterbox. It was um, a, a, a bit of a shock, really, but equally a, a, a massive honour. And I, I totally and utterly respect everything that uh, the Scottish guys stand for and what they do. Um, I've competed against them plenty, and I guess I've been a beat them at times, and you gain a respect after a while um, on both sides. And I guess they felt that I was ready to stand in the middle and cast my judgment over them but without shadow of a doubt it was a fantastic turnout of cattle um from the first class to the very last mm-hmm. um and in my cattle that i found to win at the end there was some real quality i mean i i ended up with a heavyweight heifer class at the end three black heifers any one of those to be fair could have won it just fell to my own personal preference mm-hmm. um but uh yeah, all credit to those guys up there. Their cattle showing and their style is different to what we do down here in England, stroke Wales. It is. I was going to put you on the spot with that, Neil. Sorry, but I'm going to put you on the spot with that because obviously the Bingley Hall used to be the English Winter Fair as it is now. It used to be my stomping ground, and then you'd go up to to the Scottish Winter Fair and totally different type of cattle. And you go to Smithford, and you could see the difference. You didn't even need to look at the above the boards above, and you could see the difference between the English and the Scottish cattle. But that's kind of merged over the years, hasn't it? They come together, but uh, there still are, there still is a difference, isn't there? There is still a difference, but I think there's become a bit more, dare I say, of a mutual understanding. And of course, the beef industry has changed as well, which has driven the way things are done or or, or how they're brought out or what have you. But as always, and and for years gone by, and I'm sure in the 60s and 70s and whatever in Smithfield, the stockmanship from the Scottish guys on presentation and turnout is second to none. They've always been big fans of hair and great faces and lugs and correctness and all those things. But possibly back then, they didn't carry the flesh in that the English and Welsh guys would like. But more recently, and it was very uh, showing up in the Scottish Winter Fair this last weekend, those guys up there now have got this show presence and style along with the flesh too. So they've come on a long way, but equally, the guys down south of the border, they were always full of meat and what have you, but now their show presence and style has crept in. So we are more of an even match, I would say, than we've ever been. Mm, I agree, and I used to bring a few you know, flashy cattle down from Scotland to show in at Birmingham, and they wouldn't win. You know, you'd, you'd have a different type of beast down there that you would uh, uh, yeah. that you would you want for Smithfield. You need very often save the Smithfield cattle, and not even taken to Birmingham because they could have been third or fourth. It was a different type of beast, and as you said, that mm. that gap has narrowed, and, and and that gap has also narrowed. I think this week we talk, go on to the last show of the season, the, the Great Welsh Winter Fair, should I say, and a fantastic event it is, and the busload of fairly drunk. Um, Scots boys all came down, tried to get me on the bus with them, came down from Livescott the other day for, for two or three days and uh, came down with 25 or 30 cattle and uh, and get down there, similar cattle, and and, uh, and they were winning again, or some of them certainly were. Yeah, well, they uh, they had 
Um, they probably, uh, if you talk to the guys, felt they had a hard show. Um, maybe the judging at the Royal Welsh, there was, you know, more favourable to some than others. However, they came down and uh, I think majority of their animals ended up with a prize card, which is all credit to them. And to be honest with you, at the Welsh Winter Fair, it is the best winter fat stock in in the country and probably in Western Europe, to be quite frank. The standard of sheep, cattle, pigs, horses are second to none. Um, you get the top breeders and the top presenters turning up to bring their animals. And to get in the first three in a class in that event is a, a challenge in itself. Um, but without the Scotch guys coming down, it would be a far lesser event. And um, they certainly bring some camaraderie and some competition to the event that it really needs uh, that boost to keep it going and to make it a competitive challenge and and, and, a, and a great place to win when you do win. And as you said, being one of the best shows in the country, which is what brings them down, and that's a credit to the show that it does attract the guys to come that yeah, that whole distance and take three days out of their life to come down and compete on a stage where they're probably not expecting to, to pick up all the spoils in amongst the, the natives. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's no two ways about it. The uh, the challenges and the, and the ante gets up every year. And um, to stay competitive, I think um, one thing we do, or I do, we do well this year. We look at what we've done as of last year, say, and we up our own ante. We're not competing against the next man. You're competing against yourself most of the time. You've got to progress from where you are year on year you know like playing a game of golf you're you're playing against yourself you're right but you you do have to get better because everybody else is getting better as well and and neil just go on out with the the the, the 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 showing side of it just briefly i see you've been doing a bit of work with bart along at, at uh, dinmore there that's uh, that's a neighbor of yours that's some setup they've got there yeah dinmore. yeah well um my connections there more so is um um i sort of look after the land work at dinmore manor um the grassland and the arable land. Um, I got called in there many, uh, a good few years ago now, and it seems to be I started by doing a little bit part-time, and now I'm pretty much full-time there. But, uh, yes, I work alongside Bart at times, um, and uh, he's a good guy at his job. And and I think we've got a, a bit of a little ethos there. We try and do our best and keep it in a very high-end order that it is it's a, it's a beautiful estate in every which way and um always i'm thankful to be working somewhere like that there's there's a lot of farms out there but that one's just an, a next level place you know mm. um it's, it's all concrete and it's all easy to use and do and we're lucky to have people like the doors family that allow you to get on and treat it as your own, dare I say. Okay. No, an exceptional setup, as you said, it is. An, an exceptional farm as well. I mean, a farm that has a, or an area that has a history, of course, going back with the Hereford cattle, going back you know, a couple of hundred years. And you know, it, yeah. it, it can grow stock, can't it? But it can grow crops too. And I know you say the crops is something you're, you're very much involved in. I see, I see videos of you driving combines and planting and, and drills yeah. and various things. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the crux of the matter is, um, with me in particular, I enjoy all aspects of farming mm -hmm. and I always try my best in every area to do the best and be the best and um, pursuit of excellence is where it's at really. Absolutely. Um, I think if you, uh, 
loads of people the people that know me know i probably walk around these events when i'm showing and exhibiting and mostly like a jippo <laughs> but in the main they they mustn't underestimate the fact that um i like it right mm-hmm. and um we 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 will turn every stone to make it right you know yeah. the simple fact you go into a show ring with an animal if you feel when you've gone in there you've done absolutely everything possible with that animal to make it right and you come out with a red card you know you've done your job right mm-hmm. if you come out in your second third or fourth you perhaps got to look at have i done it right mm-hmm. have i missed something you know well, as you said, it's a pursuit of excellence, and you have reached that level of excellence you know, with results that you've had, not just for yourself, but for everybody else. And as I said, for, for the, the judging, and you'll, I'm sure you'll be on other judges. You'll have letters through your, you know, through your poster ready for next year for more judging to the point where it, you know, when you get very much in demand, it's hard to, to take them all because you're never at home. No, no, well, that's it. Um, I, I, I'll be quite honest. I, don't, I, I do get a few invitations, and I don't always accept them all because... I think it's nice to spread it out a little bit over the course of a year. I, I can't afford to be away week in, week out um, necessarily doing that job, but um, I, 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 I go for to different areas of the country um, and uh, it's nice to see different parts of the world and you see different types of cattle or sheep or whatever and uh, it's good to learn. It's good to learn. You know, as a judge, you're, you're not just judging, you're learning too. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing, you know, the different ways people are doing things, it's it's quite good. Excellent. Well, that's a good way, as you said, to spend your summer and spread yourself around. And as I said, you know, at the top of the show, you are a good judge of cattle, and I think everybody else would agree with that and did a great job at the shows that I've seen you judging this year. And, uh, and Neil, you've still got a bit more to go now. Sal was saying you've got some, some in-lamb sheep to take, to, or some new lambs to take yeah. shortly. So you're not quite finished the season yet? Not quite. Um, it'll it'll soon, it'll soon come to an end, and then... Uh, We'll have a quiet period then until the spring calf sales start, sort of February time. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have a sort of couple of quieter months, and um, then it's on to looking round spring calf sales for the future fat stockers and what have you, um, and see what we can do. Yeah. But I do strongly believe we've got an awful lot of these show sales uh, for these show type calves, but the art is still there and can be done by going to the local store market and picking up that calf that's maybe a bit covered in muck or whatever but they are there mm-hmm. <laughs> <coughs> uh, days that we're talking to donald mcpherson about this days used to pop into carlisle and buy a pen of four sturks you know just to get one and you'd you'd pick them up for 800 quid a piece just to get the one and then put the other ones back through the ring again i think they're not quite uh, most people know what they've got these days but you're right it's, it's the, the art and the fun maybe is looking for those ones that uh, that you can steal <laughs> Yes, I think uh, I think I think they are there quietly, and um, but it's being in the right place at the right time too, isn't it? You know, but um, the the worst in my career of it so far, probably the worst thing that's happened is the sheer amount of money that's been thrown at it to try and win this red card, and um, it it's very daunting for the younger person to get into it. Um, but hence why the English Winter Fair and the Welsh Winter Fair have got two classes on go that are for an animal bought in the market under £1,400. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Which does put a bit of a handicap 
into the job, but it does make it a bit more achievable for somebody young wanting to get going. That's a great idea. I'd never heard of that one before. That's a superb idea and, and to, to keep the big guns out there. That's uh, excellent, uh, excellent to give those yeah, youngsters well, a chance. Yeah, well, to be fair, it, it's an idea that we dreamt up a good while ago and it got took on from the national beef event. Mm. And, um, yeah, I was chair of it in 2013, the beef event, and we brought that class in then, and, it, and it's been grasped by one or two shows, which has been good. Mm. Great idea. Great idea. Neil, I've had enough of your time. It's been superb to speak to you. You'll be absolutely knackered. I know we talked before we came on air there about uh, the week after Smithfield, which of course is no longer there. And we'd all had the Smithfield throat and we literally all think, sit and, and be ill for a week there. And you've obviously got to keep it going for a few more days. But uh, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy getting a bit of downtime now and uh, just feeding a, f- well, feeding a few beasts yeah. and having a quiet time. I think in my case this time, Andy, I'm full of Scotch mist and Welsh <laughs> water. I don't know what, but... Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been uh, great talking to you, and uh, yeah, well, it w- when you think when I start talking about it, and I'm thinking about the things that have happened, it, it, it all comes flooding back. There's lots and lots of things, you know. Mm, there are, and it's been a long, a long and worthy career that you've had. And, and uh, as I said, you were starting out when I first got into it, but uh, you, you've had a good career, got a great reputation, and a great judge, and uh, yourself and Sal, a fantastic team. So uh, hats off to you all, and, and well done for what you've done. Thank you very much. Well, Neil, enjoy your winter and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, thank you, Andy. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we're grateful to our sponsors, Harbro, as manufacturers and suppliers of quality livestock nutrition. And why not take a look at Harbro on uh, on the internet or contact your local representative to learn more about what they do there at Harbro and a no obligation quote there this time of year with bringing animals in for the winter there. Uh, check out the range of feeds that uh, that they can supply to you. And, uh, and while you're there on the internet, why not look at our Top Lines and Tales Facebook page where you'll find photographs and other information to back up this and previous episodes.